Welcome to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Man, we're so glad that you have joined us for today's conversation, and it is, it's going to be a great conversation. Uh, we've got two guests today. We've done that before, and we're doing it again today. We're excited uh, to hear from both of our guests, but before we even get there, a couple things. I want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast. If you're on YouTube, just hit the subscribe button, click that bell, you'll be notified. If you're listening on you know, any number of platforms, make sure you hit the subscribe button. And the reason we ask you to do that is because we don't want you to miss a single episode. We really do love these conversations. We enjoy them. Andy and I are encouraged every time that we get to talk with another church leader. And so we want you to be encouraged and equipped as well. That's our mission here at the podcast, to encourage and equip you uh, to lead in the local church. And so we don't want you to miss a single uh, conversation, a single episode. So make sure you subscribe. And today's podcast, today's conversation is brought to you by our partners at Sanford MTI. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in a bit. Uh, But first, let's get to today's conversation. Mark, I can't wait to get to this conversation, and I'm so glad that those of you who are listening and watching have taken time to to join us this week. We have some special guests. We have our good friend, Matt Haynes, who serves as the pastor at Central Park Baptist Church in Decatur, Alabama, and he also serves on the board with uh, Chris Mobs. Chris is the director of African Operations for Four Corners Ministries. It's a mission organization. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Matt and Chris, we are so glad you guys could join us on the podcast this week. Thanks. Glad to be here. Appreciate you Awesome. Well, we're going to we're going to start. I think really, you know, our podcast is built on relationships. And so, uh, Matt, you and I have known each other for several years. And uh, in fact, you introduced me to Four Corners uh, uh, years ago. And the work that they're doing specifically in Uganda, because that's kind of where your heart and your passion was too. And uh, so, so Matt, you're you're a pastor. Uh, you're the senior pastor there at Central Park in Decatur, you know, a little bit north of us. And uh, not only are you a board member on Four Corners, but you're a pastor and you lead your church to be involved in missions. And so, talk a little bit about how that partnership evolved, even before you were at Central Park. How you, you know, found out about Four Corners, and kind of how God used that to to bend your heart to that part of the world. Sure, yeah, my Four Corner story could probably take up the whole twenty five minutes of the podcast. But I'll, <laughs> I'll give you cliff notes. Um, so, I went to church, and you know that uh, in Central Alabama uh, in two thousand nine. Um, when I went to that church, uh, that church had not really had any personal missional engagement outside of writing a check to the cooperative program for over eight years. Um, And the main reason for that was because from what I could observe, the pastors before me had never personally invested in missions or made it a priority in their ministry. Um, Never made that a a huge missional priority. So I began to preach on that my first Sunday there and began to try to cast a vision for what mission looks like and what missional engagement looks like. And through that process, one of our deacons in the church really attached onto that and uh, began to help me to start looking at ways we could do that. And through that, he felt a personal calling to leave his, his occupation here in the States and go overseas somewhere. And He looked at a couple of different uh, avenues for doing that. He ended up settling with an organization out of uh, central Alabama called Four Corners Ministries. I'd never heard of it in my life, didn't know anything about it. I I was supporting a guy and his family from my church who felt called to go to Africa. 
And um, but we we sent them out. We helped support them financially. We prayed for them regularly. We kept in touch with them and read emails to the church from the mission field for a little while. He was there a little over a year, and I took a trip with one of my deacons to Africa for the first time to Uganda. Uh, to see the work firsthand. Um, back then, it was a couple of buildings and a, and a big old tree on the on the property that people met under and ate under. And uh, just my heart began to really break for that area of Africa and the work we were doing there and came back and we made a decision we were going to be involved, uh, not just, you know, giving money to, to Four Corners Ministries, but sending teams. We sent about six teams from that church over the course of probably four years. Um, and, uh, and I was there, you know, until I left in 2018 and then I came here and our church here started engaging. So it's a great story, Matt. Uh, we know all of us know personally, uh, you can, you can say you want to be involved in missions, but it is a radical life-changing thing when you actually go, when you actually go somewhere. And like you, you mentioned, your heart began to be burdened and break for, that particular people in that particular part of the world. So Chris, we are thankful that you are joining us all the way from Northern Uganda. Tell us a little bit about your story and what uh, you and Four Corners are doing there in Uganda. Yeah. So um, stateside, I was a bivocational pastor, church planter for a number of years. And it was from that um, bivocational role that God uh, put a burden on my heart for Unreached people groups, um, under-equipped people groups, uh, specifically here in northern Uganda. Now, my wife was on the mission train long before I was. When we were engaged, she told me one day we're going to live in Africa. And uh, she was beautiful, so I didn't care what she said, right? I was like, okay, we'll talk her out of that later. Um, But sure enough, here we were. Uh, We visited in 2013, surrendered to the call in 2015, um, and a joyful surrender, Um, Uh, We uh, saw a desperate need here for something that we around Four Corners talk about all the time, and that's gospel clarity. Mm -hmm. And being a church planner and a a pastor, I had a passion for uh, the gospel, how it goes forward, but ecclesiology in particular, uh, that I believe that God's plan A is through healthy local churches. And uh, when I got boots on the ground here, I learned pretty quickly that there are few and far between out Mm -hmm. here in Africa. There's a lot of places that call themselves churches, but in reality, um, they're not preaching the gospel. And so that's kind of uh, my heart, my passion. Um, and the, the primary role that I oversee here is our pastor training program. Um, there's a lot of stats that are thrown around. And, and I, I will just say this, the percentage of international pastors that have zero training at all is incredibly high. Mm. Um, and so for us, Matt and I in particular, we, we saw the desperate need and started putting our brains and heads together, what little brains we have, and uh, came up with this pastor training program that gives these guys some tools to plant and lead uh, healthy local churches. So, in a that is, yeah, that is fascinating to, to, to me, and I know to Andy too, because, I mean, we, on a different level, of course, we experience the same thing here in the States, obviously. Gospel clarity is is pretty important, um, but I want to hear a little bit more about that. Uh, so I, I guess I'm going to ask both of you, and you, either one, both can answer. Um, Chris, you'll be able to answer a little bit more on the ground. But um, so talk about a little bit about gospel clarity, and here's what I want to ask: what kind of what kind of uh, false gospels, 
what kind of, uh, you know, misunderstanding of the gospel do you kind of come across there uh, in your work specifically with, with pastors, right? So that's what fascinates me is that you're actually, you're not just taking the gospel out. You're, you're training the pastors of the churches that are proclaiming the gospel, that are making disciples and trying to get that gospel uh, to be pure, in what they proclaim. So talk a little bit about the, the kind of the, what you run up against and then tell us a little about how that training happens and, and maybe what that looks like on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, animism is the primary spiritual background for most tribal people, actually all tribal people. Um, it was the same with the native Americans. It's the same here, uh, in Africa, South America. What animism does is it teaches you how to approach the spiritual world and manipulate the spirits to work on your behalf. And so the primary issue that we have here with gospel clarity centers around um, the prosperity gospel, which is really just animism in Christian language. Because what we do is we, we, we teach, uh, not us, but what Christian ministries do is they teach the local tribal people to substitute their, their ancestral spirits with the name of Jesus. But in reality, they're not surrendering to Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Instead, they're approaching Jesus in a way to manipulate him just through works, through positive affirmation, whatever it is, to get Jesus to work on their behalf. Yeah. So they're investing in Jesus as an investment scheme. They're not surrendering to him as the sovereign king and Lord of the universe. And that's what's so heartbreaking here, because the road that has been paved by uh, many other sometimes well-meaning missionaries, if you will, um, has made the job, our job, that, of gospel clarity more difficult, significantly more difficult, because we have to until the land that's already been tilled in the wrong way, convince them that their idea of Jesus isn't the biblical Jesus, and then replace it with an understanding, a deep understanding of God's word. Um, Man, Matt, you may have more to ask that. That's fascinating, Chris, and that is necessary. Where you are in the landscape of what you experience, uh, the culture you're in, that is that is needed. Matt, tell us a little bit about this. Uh, in in our culture, I mean, we're in the buckle of the Bible Belt in the South, and for a lot of people, and even a lot of pastors, missions involvement basically means what you mentioned a while ago, giving to a a offering or the cooperative program for the Southern Baptist Convention, which is a worthy cause. And our North American missions and international missions are funded through that. But why would we want to invest in a entity that is, uh, that is kind of autonomous, but it partners with churches in, in this aspect? Because a lot of church members and a lot of pastors want to go and help. They want to go and feed the poor or build a, a church or, you know, do something physical, meet physical needs. And that's great. But tell us how you came to be involved in this and how you're continuing to be uh, someone who invests in what Chris is doing by equipping indigenous people to reach their own people, training pastors, you know, uh, helping them learn how to plant and healthy churches and, and get the gospel right. Tell us why that's so important, partnering with an organization like Four Corners. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, what, what I would say, first of all, and I thought about this a lot in, in preparation for this, what really I came to the understanding of when I went to my first senior pastor, I had been in, um, in a, a, 
associate pastor role in a church previous to that, youth minister in that church for several years. We were in a in a pretty large church, had a lot of resources. We had a lot of mission trips going all over the place. Uh, you know, we had some different, what I would call partnerships, but they were kind of this, this church member had a passion for this ministry. And so we partnered with them because that church member had that passion, but there wasn't anything really central that the church was doing. And one of the things that I observed is that when missions is seen as just a program of your church, then it's an option for Christians to decide at what level they will engage or not engage in, if it's just a program, if it's just uh, an optional program. But when missions is seen as the biblical mandate of your Lord and your King and Savior, then it becomes a directive by which you must decide whether or not you're going to obey or disobey. And that's really been, for, for me, what I came to the understanding of was I was going from a church that had a lot of different things that were happening and a lot of really good works um, that were going on. But I was going from there to a church that had very limited resources, no personal engagement whatsoever. And and we had to think about what is this going to look like for us? Because we can't do everything my previous church did, but we need to do something. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys know me. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm as Baptist as they come. You know, I, I think about the old preacher who was asked, if you weren't Baptist, what would you be? And he said, I'd be ashamed of myself. Um, you know, uh, I think about that. I, I, I was educated in a Southern Baptist seminary. I believe the cooperative program. I serve in our state through different, uh, you know, missions endeavors through our state. So uh, I, I don't think it's a matter of do we do we stop doing things in our partnership as Baptist with the cooperative program. It's it's I think every church can do what they're doing and more. It's a matter of prioritizing missions. And uh, and the reality of it is a lot of churches that I've seen and been involved in, they spend as much on, uh, you know, ministries to entertain and 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 um you know uh make their church members comfortable they spend a, a lot more on things internally than they do on things like missions and so mm-hmm. you know we just came and said we can do more and so we started to set that vision out there for us um early on i i, I set two challenges that i wanted us as a small church to begin to do the first of those was i wanted us to pray for an unreached people group, identify an unreached people group of all of these that are out there. Let's identify one unreached people group that we're going to begin to pray for and just look, brainstorm for ways that we can engage with them. That's how we started. We started with one people group. We started praying for them. We sent a team over through the IMB to uh, to try to work with them. That didn't really that really didn't manifest itself, but it was that was the start of the process for us, and it was it was through that process that my deacon, who was involved with that, his heart began to shift to Uganda and Four Corners, and we found this other people group, and that became the investment for us. Uh, the other thing that we you know set a challenge for as a small church was we wanted to invest domestically in a church plant somewhere in an underserved gospel area within the United States. And it took us about three or four years before we were able to, you know, free up some resources and begin to send some money to a church planner and send teams uh, to uh, to the northeast to Boston and to work with the church planner there. So that was what it looked like a lot for us. It was just uh, it was a matter of not saying, you know, um, what what can't we do, but what what can we do and where can we start? Yeah, that's great. 
That's good, man. That is good. We're excited to have, once again, our partner and sponsor for this week's episode, Sanford's Ministry Training Institute. The MTI of Sanford University is on the front lines of equipping people in theology and ministry training. They offer affordable and accessible education opportunities to anyone who has a desire to be equipped for ministry or to simply grow in their knowledge of Scripture. They offer incredible Bible courses at 38 of their extension centers located throughout the Southeast. Students can earn diplomas for as little as $50 per course. They also offer online certificates in areas like pastoral leadership, disciple-making, women's leadership, worship leadership, and worship administration. These online certificates can be completed in less than one year for $699. MTI is Sanford University's way of giving back to the local church. This academic program is not just for pastors and ordained ministers. It's for anyone who has a desire to grow spiritually. So if you want to find out more, you can visit them on the web at www.sanford.edu slash go slash MTI. And if you plug in the code ALSBOM, A-L-S-B-O-M, you can get half off of the disciple-making certificate that they offer online. We hope you go and visit our sponsor and check out MTI. And now we're going to get back to the content in this week's episode. What you said is so real, uh, you know. And I think it's a challenge for us pastors and lead church leaders as we listen to this and watch this. I mean, what are we committed to? Right? What are we investing in? Uh, because here's the thing. If, if the vast majority of our budgets are spent on, on making ourselves more comfortable and making things more convenient for our people, what in the world are we doing? And I think, and probably both of you guys, all three of you would, would agree with this, but it's like this with anything, but specifically missions, missions and evangelism. All, we, we tend to separate those things, you know, missions, evangelism, discipleship, all that. But to me, it's all a discipleship issue. You know, we, we disciple our people to have a passion uh, to take the gospel to people who desperately need it. That's part of discipling our people. And, and once we help our church, if we preach it, if we teach it, if we you know, and I'm, I'm going to say this about Matt, Matt, you, it, it's, it breathes out of your pores. Okay. So, I mean, ever since I've known you, this has been something that has been just a overwhelming passion and vision for you. And it's the way it should be. That's how people catch our, our vision for, for missions and for what God's doing. So um, we're going to talk in a minute about how we get involved, but before we even get there, I want to drill down a little bit more. So, I know, I know, Matt, you went over a couple times, uh, you know, even several years ago, and there was some building going on. I know, again, you started with a building or two buildings and, and it's progressed. So maybe, Chris, tell us a little bit about what it looks like right now, the, the pastor training facility, um, how many pastors are in, in that, you know, what has God done using the partnership, not just of Matt's church, but other churches who have, who have you know, invested in Four Corners. What is it looking like now? Yeah, so Four Corners Ministries is a holistic approach to one particular community out here using this Abana's Hope, uh, Children's Hope is what it means, as a launching pad to get out further. And so we've got a whole bunch of different ministries going on, all of them earning us the right to speak a clear gospel into people's lives. So we employ about 140 Ugandans. We feed about 250 Ugandans, two meals a day, five days a week. That includes our school children. We have a, a primary school that is P, uh, kindergarten through basically fourth grade right now. We'll go eventually through seventh grade. 
Um, but the Pastor Training Center, we started it about two years ago with 44 enrolled students from nine different tribes. Even after the COVID nonsense, the, the global pandemic thing that's been happening, I'm sure you guys are aware of that one. Uh, we're still, <laughs> we still got 40 students that are still completely wow. committed. We've lost uh, four in the process. Two of them have moved back to South Sudan. We're um, not far, a couple of, of hours uh, south of South Sudan which is the youngest country in the world and, the, and one of the most unstable. There's currently a tribal civil war going on. And so uh, all these refugees have fluttered across the border. And so when that happened, we as an organization said, wow, this is a, God has orchestrated the movements of his people for his glory. And so that's, uh, we, we really targeted these uh, refugees in the camps. So we have nine different heart languages, but they all speak English, which makes it easy because I barely speak one language. So it's good. <laughs> So yeah, 40 students currently, and we've got sponsorships for, for all of them. Um, so uh, mainly Alabama, actually, uh, uh, churches that have partnered with us um, to, to fund these guys through this three-year pro- process. So mm. it's, it's gone phenomenally well. Well, I think Mark is going to ask you guys at the very end, he keeps hinting about how someone can get involved or find more out about Four Corners. Uh, we'll make sure and include that information in our show notes for this episode. Uh, I know probably as Matt, as you're talking and Chris, as you're talking, people are probably listening and thinking, man, this sounds like a worthwhile investment, a kingdom investment for our church to make. Um, Tell us real quick as we kind of wind our time down, uh, maybe uh, Matt, you share, and then Chris, you share something encouraging uh, with those who are watching or listening as uh, specifically as, as how can being involved with an organization like four corners, how can that help you personally? How can it help your church and how can it help those that you guys are investing in and equipping there in Uganda? Yeah. Um, so let me just say, as far as church leaders go, pastors and church leaders, um, Mark, Mark alluded to this a second ago, your, your church is not going to have a, a, a missional investment. If you as a pastor don't have a missional investment. Um, so, so for me, it means me trying to carve out time in my schedule to figure out when am I getting over to Africa and, uh, and how am I going to lead people to over there and, and expose them to what's happening. And it's not easy. It's not, uh, if you're looking for something that's easy, convenient, and inexpensive, then you can't do global missions because it's none of those things. Um, so, you know, for us, it's an investment of it's, it's two weeks of time. It's almost 12 days, just about every trip we take over there. Um, it's, it's, it's several thousands of dollars that it's going to cost, uh, to go. Um, it's, it's a very uncomfortable plane ride, um, getting over there. Uh, but when you set boots on the ground and you see people made in the image of God for whom Jesus died, who have never heard the truth of the gospel, and you see a ministry that is, that is working to not only declare the gospel, but demonstrate the gospel through the ministries that we do and the work that we do. And you see the light bulb go on. One of the great things for me has been, I've been four times since 2014. And, and to see people who were brand new Christians when I first went in 2014, who are elders in our church now, who are discipling others, who are going through our pastor training center, to see ladies who who are working in our life beads ministry, who, you know, before we started working there were lost, who are now discipling other women in our life beads ministry. That to me is what just, you know, 
lights a fire. And that's what I'm able to come back and share with our people. We're not just putting money and writing a check to an organization that's doing work, but we're, we're investing in lives and we're changing lives. And we're trying to tell stories. One of the things we do with Four Corners is we do a lot of storytelling and videos. So if you go to our website, you'll see videos of our workers and their stories and the life change that's happening, uh, because that's what gets people involved. So uh, that for me is, is, is the most encouraging thing is seeing it firsthand. So. Chris, how about you? Yeah, so uh, this is a great opportunity. Thank you. This is an honor to, to speak directly to pastors and leaders. Um, and since I live in Africa, maybe I can come a little harder. Uh, <laughs> what Matt and Mark have already said, uh, I cannot pound it home enough. If, uh, if, if you don't see following Jesus at its very nature as a missional call, then you've missed the, the scripture. If you think about how Jesus engages his disciples from the very beginning, he says, follow me and I'll make you, uh, I'll, what, comfortable? <laughs> follow me and, I'll, and, I'll, and you'll learn some, you'll hear some really good messages. Follow me and we'll have great worship experiences. That was not the call. We know that, right? From the very beginning, the call was follow me and you will be on mission with me for the kingdom of God. And then he bookends his relationship with his disciples by saying, sayonara, by the way, all power is given to me over to you. Now go make disciples of all nations, all nations. And I'm convinced that's not just a call for those of us who are specifically called uh, to move overseas, but every single follower and disciple of Jesus. And so if we don't see missions as more than just this side thing that you know, some of the more crazy radical folks want to do in your church. And so you throw together mission trips. If we don't see it at the very core of who we are, then we've missed the heart of God whose goal and his purpose and his heart beats for the nations. And we won't see him return until all of them, mm. right? Every nation tribe and so will be gathered around the throne singing worthy is the lamb. And we're not there yet. Uh, I think we're getting closer, but we're not there yet. So for pastors, that's just my final encouragement. That's awesome, man. Um, and that's so true. I mean, it is a calling on all of our lives, whether you're a pastor, whether you're a deacon, whether you're a Sunday school, small group leader, um, whether you're a uh, student pastor, what doesn't matter. Staff member, you know, unpaid staff member. Uh, it is our calling and it's, it's got to be a part of who we are. So uh, let me just ask this as we close. Uh, let's say that, you know, uh, some people listening or watching want to get connected with specifically Four Corners. Um, what what are some steps they could take to do that? Or what are some steps they could take just to get involved more missionally, period? Well, sure. The uh, first thing I would say is go to our website, uh, fourcorners.org, fourcorners.org. You'll see um, our ministries. You'll see our stories. You'll see how to how to be involved. You'll see multiple levels of ministries that your church can uh, minister and, to, and engage in. You can call me or you can call Yancey, our president of our organization. And, you know, if your heart wants to invest in uh, educating children, then we have classrooms that need sponsors. Uh, if your heart is in, um, you know, taking care of children, we have a child development program with kids who need sponsors. If your heart is in uh, training pastors and planning churches, then we have an outlet for you to do that as well. So fourcorners.org is probably the primary way to get involved with us. Um, I would say also, if you're, if you're looking to figure out how do we invest, and again, I'm going to say this, not, not in lieu of what we do through our denominational agencies, but in addition to that, how do we get more personally invested in that? Um, just 
take your time and make sure you vet the organizations that you're talking to carefully because not every organization that says they're doing mission work is necessarily doing gospel-centered work. And I would say focus on depth and, and not, um, not numbers. Focus on ministries that are, that, are, that are diving deep because if you want to grow the richest fruit, you're going to have to plant your roots deep. And uh, that's part of what we're trying to do through our organization. Um, you can find a lot of organizations that are working in Africa and they'll, they'll throw out numbers of, you know, they planted 10,000 churches last year and they did this and they did this. And uh, we can just tell you from being on the ground firsthand that uh, it's really hard to, to grow a, a, a fruit bearing gospel centered ministry uh, if you're working at that level. So focus on ministries that are, that are working on depth and are moving slowly but but in a faithful way um through planning the gospel that to me is the biggest thing and i believe four corners is one of those organizations so that's awesome i i'm i mean i'm loving this i mean as i look at my screen and see all four of us the fact that and we're all in four different places one of them one of us is in a different completely different part of the world and uh that's kind of cool and uh, so I'm thankful for this. Thankful for you guys, uh, man. We appreciate you guys just taking some time out, Chris. I mean, it's 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 like evening for you where it's morning for us. So thanks for carving out some time, Matt. Thank you so much uh, for spending some time with us. And uh, we just appreciate you guys being on the podcast. My pleasure. Thank you guys so much for the opportunity. We're we're glad you joined us, uh, Matt, Chris. We we enjoyed it. I feel like maybe Mark, there might need to be a follow up. Podcast for this. So, uh, so every single time we close out our podcast, we, we end it with, we hope you are better encouraged and equipped to lead the local church. And we want you to do that, but we also want you to be better equipped to lead globally in God's mission where he's, uh, asking you and your church to partner with ministries and missionaries, just like four corners. So we hope this episode has helped you be better encouraged and equipped to do just that. All right. We'll see y'all next time.